I'm going to compare um, Bitcoin's price or the price um, sensory information that we have on Bitcoin um, to to um, to other sense information that say a pilot might might uh, need to fly an airplane. And uh, I'm not a pilot, but I, I like watching these um, air investigation shows uh, myself. So deeply fascinated with um, airplanes and uh, the fundamentals of flying. Uh, but but I think it's it's interesting uh, because I um, I've watched I watched a, a few debates of Saifedean and in one in particular Saifedean and and Roy. Um, Sabag, Sabag, I can never say his last name. But, um, but in this debate, Saifedean basically uh, says, his argument sort of boils down to the idea that Bitcoin has, um, has appreciated so much in price and uh, the market is sort of sending us a signal uh, that, that Bitcoin is uh, the superior, like, I guess, store value or, yeah, for, or, you know, I guess he's arguing it's an inflation hedge. Um, versus say something like gold or even another uh, commodity that someone might buy um, uh, in order to preserve maybe their purchasing power. Uh, and so he, he, he's, he's basically making the claim that Bitcoin has sort of won the, uh, the game because it's, I guess it's appreciated um, the most. And um, it just seems to be, it seemed like he didn't buy into Bitcoin right away. Like it actually took him a while. And it's almost like he was, he was, I'm speculating here. I don't really know what, what goes on in his head. I'm just speculating, but it's just the theory I have. <laughs> uh, but, um, but it's my theory that, that he, um, it appears, you know, just from, from me watching him, that he, he didn't buy into Bitcoin initially. I think and he even, he says something like this in the debate. Uh, that that he um, he's probably rooting for gold, but that he he was watching Bitcoin and it was appreciating, you know, much faster than gold. And gold uh, just sort of wasn't, um, you know, going up enough. And, and Roy was like, "Well, uh, <laughs> I forgot what he said." But 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 um, but the idea that that you will will just concede that Bitcoin is one just because of the price. Price to me is only one indicator. It's only one part of this larger puzzle. Um, you know, asking the question is: Is Bitcoin? What is it? How should it be valued? Uh, what is its price relative to other goods? Now, this is his price, basically based in dollars. This is his dollar price, and we do know that that um, a lot of the trading activity is based in stable coins. So. Uh, can we trust it completely that that's the the dollar price? You know, I'm I'm not so sure, uh, but but we'll give it the benefit of the doubt. We'll say that I'm just for for assume for for this little conversation. I'm just going to assume that, that it is all in dollars. Uh, but another economist um, that uh, I got his book and I haven't read all of it yet, but it's a layered money book, um, and I haven't even read all of Safedine's book either. <laughs> His book, Bitcoin Standard. I think I just read the beginning of it so far. But but the Layered Money book, uh, this guy named Nick Batya, I think, um, he actually uh, he actually signed the book. And in it, he said that the comment he wrote was just like, price is truth. And I thought that was very odd to say price is truth. 
Um, because it's the same, it's almost like the same argument that, that Saif Adin seems to be making is that, is that um, you have to look at the price. And it's kind of like you throw your hand, they want you to throw your hands up in the air and say, well, I don't know enough information. I, or I, I don't really understand it. I don't, I, I, I tend to not really think that this be winning, maybe, but but price is truth. But I think price is just one indicator. Price, it's a type of sense data that we have. And price, I think, is different than value. Price is just what someone is willing to to pay for something, and what someone is willing. Where are those two? Again, it's an it's just one indicator, and I like to um to compare it to this this like to what pilots seem to have to do and they are taught to fly and they're taught fundamentals of flying and what keeps an airplane up in the air and this thing called a stall where the where the airplane is now um basically going too too slow and there's this thing called an angle of attack where it's it's failing to produce produce adequate lift and it starts basically falling out of the sky. Uh, so there's there's these fundamentals, you know, of flying. Uh, but <clears throat> um, uh, and you can you um, there's people that have been able to fly planes without much instrument training, uh, for sure. And and a lot of it is just you know visually, I think, looking out out your window. But um, but what happens when uh, you can't see? You know, and there's clouds, and and then. There's, you know, like I guess at night there's clouds. Um, you can become disoriented uh, when you're flying. So they teach you to rely on these indicators because these indicators uh, measure things about airspeed that, like, you can't, you know, you, your sense data can't tell you what the airspeed is. You need an indicator for that. Uh, so, um, you know, there's all these different indicators. Uh, what's uh, um, what's another one? Well, I'll just go with with airspeed for now. Uh, I'm not an expert on this, but but I know that that um, sometimes your airspeed indicator, like this one one uh, crash that happened in 2009, um, this Air France 447 flight uh, was flying from like Rio de Janeiro to Paris, and the pitot tube got blocked because uh, they were flying really high, and so their airspeed indicator was tripped. Um, and I think it tripped out the autopilot and the pilots now are, are, are getting either no information or bad, bad information from the airplane. And now they can't rely on these, these indicators. So now they need to go back to their basics of flight principles. And even if you, you don't have any, any knowledge about what's going on, like real information about your airspeed, say um, you could at least, uh, before it was tripped out, before the pitot tube float, uh, froze, you know, your airplane, you know, was, was flying pretty well before. So there's these like conventional, these like, there's, um, airplane, like, uh, configure, it's like safe configuration flying where they, they sort of know that if you point the nose up this much, this pitch this much, and, um, you know, have this much power or whatever, you're, you're likely going to be in, in a safe flight configuration. We're not going to be, um, falling or whatever. Um, or stalling. So the idea is like, which sensor do you trust and when? And these pilots, in this plane unfortunately did crash. Uh, um, 
really just through a fundamental problem with the, the, the junior officer um, wasn't communicating with the other officer on what they were doing after the, uh, the um, autopilot was tripped out. And he started yanking back on the stick and pitching nose up and he started to climb and then he started to slow speed and then he, and then it stalled and his stall arm triggered. Um, the other pilot didn't know he was yanking back on the stick, uh, which is like basic 101 piloting. Uh, don't do that. Uh, and, and they weren't communicating. Um, and then the stall warning came up, came up blaring. They tried to, um, they called the other, the, the, the most senior captain, you know, from his break, he came in, they had about only three minutes to save this aircraft though. Cause they're like 30,000 feet up or 40,000 feet up. Uh, uh, they, this alarm is blaring at stalling, but now they don't trust the stall alarm because they're, they're already getting faulty information from the pedo tube or whatever. Uh, so they don't trust it. They don't, and they don't even know what this other officer is doing, yanking back on the stick. But um, this is where like, I think, the reliance on the computer. Um, now, I guess they're trained to, to 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 rely on these computers, and these computers are smart. And technically, the computer didn't really do anything wrong. I think the human did. Uh, the computer, I, I believe, tripped the autopilot out, and it, I think it said on the computer, like, "Hey, we can't. We're not getting good information. We know we're not getting good information. We're tripping it out. You are the human. You figure it out. Um, we can't deal with this data." And that's where the pilots like start earning their money. And this is where they're supposed to have, they're not just supposed to be trained on how to set these parameters in the computer. They're supposed to be trained on the fundamentals of flying on good, you know, on, on how to recover from a stall, how to communicate to the other pilot on what you're doing uh, and what to do. You know, they should basically spend all their training. You know, if they're going to be mostly flying autopilot, they, they should spend most of their training um, learning how to, you know, how to, how to recover, how to talk to one another. And, um, it basically make sure, you know, the fundamentals of flying, because I think this yanking on the stick was an absolute disaster. This guy, this just shows that this guy, this one pilot, junior pilot, like had absolutely, I think, no idea, uh, um, uh, how, how to, how to fly a plane. And maybe he thought, I guess the only thing that you could think of was that he thought, um, they were too low. And so he was trying to gain altitude. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, so I think that it's just, maybe it's not a great analogy, but I think that, that a price of Bitcoin is one indicator. It's like one indicator in this, in a, you know, it's one indicator in the larger picture of trying to understand, um, the fundamentals of Bitcoin. Where is it, where is this price coming from? So we can all see the price. It's posted, right? We see this price on exchanges and there's different prices and it's volatile. Um, uh, and we can see sort of, you know, people, people on Twitter will always tweet about how, uh, you know, the money printer go burr with, with like Tether or something because they're printing money or they're, they're, you know, new issuance or whatever. They're just joking. And then, oh, Bitcoin's going to pump. Um, and yeah, the Bitcoiners rightly assume that, um, inflation, you know, money, money printing, newly issued money from the Fed is going to increase the amount of money supply. And, and this money supply will then um, go to certain people in the economy. And, and these people that basically get nothing, um, 
I'm sorry, they get something for nothing, right? They just get these newly printed dollars. We'll, we'll go into some assets because uh, the, these newly printed dollars, um, they want to go get something real. And in this case, they're going to bid up, you know, in this case, some people decide they want to go buy Bitcoin. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, the Bitcoiners know there's going to be inflation. I think that they, they, they don't think it's going to stop. And so they assume that the Bitcoin will keep going up. Um, but at the same, so at the same time, they criticize the Fed for doing this. But in another sense, I also cheerlead it. You know, they, they also cheerlead this, this new inflation and the, just like they cheerlead tether, like, oh yeah, keep printing, keep printing, keep printing. Because they, they think that this is going to increase the price of, um, of Bitcoin. Uh, and I, it just makes you think, well, they, they're going to always depend on inflation. They're going to always depend on, on new money issuance, like in dollar terms and in and, and real dollars or in tether dollars or, or USDC. Uh, and then people deciding, you know, there's new issuance, but then all, people also have to decide to go put it in Bitcoin, right? They could choose other, there's like 18,000 other cryptos. There's, 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 there's lots of other assets that they could buy outside of the crypto universe uh, that they could go and, and decide to, to hold. Um, and I, 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 um, I, I just, I, I question why they think that, um, uh, they don't like inflation, but they do like inflation. They, they, and I think that they, they might under underestimate how much they actually need inflation. Uh, I, I, I don't. I don't see this this asset like Bitcoin um, continuing to have um, either you call it price appreciation or even just demand for it uh, unless this this unless you can get money for nothing sort of unless there's really cheap money and you're basically getting it for free um, then you're not going to be putting this money into Bitcoin because if interest rates were higher and say the Fed ended QE. I mean, let's just pretend like Tether sort of doesn't exist. But let's just say the Fed tightens, like dramatically, raises interest rates to 30%, which probably, well, it may not happen, but it, I guess it's a possibility. But let's say that they do. Bitcoin um, isn't a productive asset. There's no way that, you know, you're going to generate uh, returns. Like if you had to go borrow money at 30%, would you really put it in Bitcoin? I think it's because it's it's not a productive activity and and when you have like low interest rates and easy money or cheap money or free money people tend to not really care uh about the the investment grade or, or the returns they they basically are just going out with this newly created money and bidding up whatever and you have to think that like a safedean type guy he's an economist and he's like a phd guy he knows his stuff um I would think he would get that argument by that argument. Um, I think that he, he agrees inflation is money printing and, uh, and that's causing, you know, unfair, basically the people that get it for free are it's unfair. Um, and then it goes and bids up, you know, prices, um, uh, it takes away basically purchasing power from everyone else because, because the price is going up. And so everyone else has to spend more of their money to buy the same good. Um, but can Bitcoin, sustain its price or keep going in price if we didn't have inflation 
because their idea is that Bitcoin is sound money and that Bitcoin can can be the general medium of exchange. And so, um, say the dollar say the dollar still exists, you know, but Bitcoin is also seen as a, a medium of exchange, and it's just everyone wants to trade in it. Uh, in um, what what would happen if if the dollar I guess Bitcoin was still priced in dollars, I suppose. And, and, but the dollar, um, we had 30% interest rates and the Fed stopped all, you know, basically unnecessary money printing. Uh, actually, yeah, all money printing and they just started tightening. No, they started uh, tightening. Uh, well then, um, well then what is going to prop up Bitcoin? Because you have, uh, um, you have, uh, if you believe that like a bubble is created whenever you have um, this exchange really of, of, um, of something for nothing, right? The free dollars that you have, and then that's going into some asset just to bid it up. And you're not, you're not, you're not like investing in this, right? You're, you're just, you're just trying to grab it. Um, and you, you have this thing, these free dollars. And so you're, you're trying to grab something that's valuable and you're bidding it, bidding up the price in the process because there's new dollars. And if you keep everything else equal, like say, say the Bitcoin is relatively, there's the same amount of Bitcoin. Then, then if there's, there's more uh, dollars and there's, there's going to be more demand on that Bitcoin uh, and the price will go up. Uh, So it, it creates this bubble. That's what they call a bubble is where, you just have this this ever increasing like prices, and then that attracts more more people to it. This is like a signal in the market that hey, this is on fire. People really want Bitcoin. It's the price is high. Let's figure out how to offer the market more Bitcoin or more Bitcoin like products like other cryptos. Um, and uh, um, But if Bitcoin is going to be sound money, it needs to be able to sustain itself without cheap money, you know, a cheap money propping it up. So the idea of a bubble is that there's cheap money and it, it, there's a misallocation of resources. So some people are basically uh, profiting off of cheap money and they're, uh, they're able to basically um, take something out of the economy without having to work for it. Uh, and, and uh, this this is a net negative, really, on the entire economy. Um, and and the, the rest of the economy has to support people in Bitcoin um, through, you know, savings or just wealth that are in Bitcoin. Because Bitcoin isn't adding really, um, you know, collectively to the pot of, of wealth because it's not a wealth producing activity. So when people are taking this newly printed money, Right. And they're like putting it towards Bitcoin, buying up Bitcoin or or um, or other cryptos. But Bitcoin in particular uh, here, they're they're not actually producing anything of value. Um, now, the Bitcoin Bitcoiners might argue that, well, Bitcoin is uh, they are doing something valuable because Bitcoin is going to be money. Bitcoin is going to be the general medium of exchange. Um, but Bitcoin itself. um it's not a productive activity. Uh, it doesn't generate like cash flows. There's no consuming demand. Um, and it's not a true commodity. It's a human created like abstract thing. And so, you know, they might say, well, gold is, is not 
a productive activity either. Well, it is because there's people that use gold in, in electronics. They use um, gold in dentistry. They, uh, they, um, it's a commodity that, that's, that's useful. It's scarce. People like to use it in jewelry, um, you know, and people like to hold it because it's, it stores this ability, this future utility, utility for um, a long time. And you can basically um, sell it to someone in the future who wants to use it in a productive way or, um, or, or save, or save their, I guess, economic surplus in, in maybe gold. Uh, but, but once gold is mined, it doesn't have an additional cost. It has a very minimal cost to store. Uh, but Bitcoin requires constant, um, mining and constant energy expenditure, uh, all the time. And, and so your Bitcoin that was produced, say, uh, two years ago, maybe when you bought it, uh, it constantly relies on the current miners today and all the energy and all the costs that go into mining it just to perpetuate the process because, you know, Bitcoin isn't being mined, it's being powered into existence. And if you, if you shut off the miners, um, maybe for a year, you know, you go hibernate, uh, you can't do anything with your coins. Uh, it ha- basically they have to turn back on the miners. And I think they've done this before in the very beginning. There was a time period where mining was completely shut down. Basically nobody was mining, I guess in the very early days I've heard this story, but, but, uh, but again, the Bitcoin, Bitcoin today, uh, being mined today basically is helping power all the Bitcoin that was ever mined. Um, but versus gold, you sort of just mine it once. And, um, you know, people, people will always, people, um, use gold. It's, it's used in things. There's a utility, uh, for gold. There's like a, there's a consuming demand. Bitcoin, I don't think anyone really needs it, um, in the future. So it's all based off of just this, this idea that, um, that people will demand it perhaps because it will be money, but to be money, you need to, to be, you know, have a stable price in my opinion. Uh, and this idea that, um, um, <clears throat> this idea that Bitcoin can be money, uh, you know, who's going to support Bitcoin? Um, meaning like you have this constant tax sort of like the miners having to constantly mine, um, and support the entire like, net, you know, network. Like again, the mine, the, the Bitcoin mine two years ago is not, it depends right now on, on current mining for you to do anything with it. Uh, so this, this is a cost to maintain it. And I think that, um, that because it's not a productive activity, it, I mean, I guess it's, you could say it's productive for the miners if the price of Bitcoin is so high that, that they can recoup their, their costs, uh, when they sell Bitcoin that they mine. Uh, but the, the, but to the people who are not mining, uh, to just regular holders of Bitcoin, um, there's like this enormous cost. And I think that this is go- this, this idea of Bitcoin being money would definitely depend on, um, on inflation continuing. And maybe that's what they think is going to happen. Uh, but, but if inflation is going to continue, then their idea of, um, maybe Bitcoin ever being stable or maybe, um, ever, uh, or even just continuing to exist. Like if the inflation disappears, if they tighten up monetary policy, um, Bitcoin can't really increase in price. And if it, if it can't increase in price, um, you know, then, um, then there's this really big cost. There's this really big cost because you can't just, 
you can't just like rely on this uh, price appreciation of Bitcoin. You you have to, and there's this cost and there's no cash flow. So you're, you're just sitting on this thing that, um, that, uh, that, that is a non-productive activity. I'd call it like a non-productive activity um, that Bitcoin is. And, and you have to know that like, well, I'm at the whims of traders here as far as price. And since there's no real consuming demand or, you, or real utility uh, for this type of commodity, um, other than to, you know, just trade it for somebody with someone else, which isn't enough in my opinion, um, then you're just beholden to the whims of, of people. So like, I guess it's a long rambling thought here, but I think that Bitcoin depends on inflation um, for its existence. Cause I think it's a non-productive activity that has no real utility. Um, and I, and it has sort of these associated with it that tax the network or tax every, every Bitcoiner really um, with the new Bitcoin that, that, you know, are, are, are rewarded to the miners, um, you know, and the fees that have to be paid. Uh, and so there's the purchasing power, like when the new Bitcoin Bitcoin's mined, it goes to the miners. Well, that's the purchasing power hit on all the current Bitcoiners. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that, I think that Bitcoin needs inflation. And I think that as much as they, they rail off, off on inflation and they don't like it, I think that the Bitcoin would, uh, well, number one, I don't think it would exist without inflation and easy, cheap money. Uh, I don't think the price would be appreciating as much as it it has without that. Now, I realize that that's not that's not the only reason why it's gone up. Uh, But I think that the cheap money, um, you know, sparks sort of this bubble activity, this bubble activity uh, creates sort of a mania and attracts other capital that that wants to come into the space and this is sort of where this misallocation of resources comes in uh and then you also on top of this bubble that's going on you also have um and it's called a bubble really because it's unsustainable and it's unsustainable because it's a non-productive activity and eventually you drain off the wealth the real wealth that has to go and support the crypto community because they're not generating any real wealth they're just participating in a wealth transfer and eventually that ends because the real economy uh, they can't take it anymore. All these resources have flocked to Bitcoin, have flocked into the crypto industry, and eventually so much will be drained, so much real wealth will be drained, uh, it'll eventually um, stop. And this is kind of like the real economy. Like the Fed can only print so much before the real economies, like the, the real like wealth generators in the economy, not the people getting like free money or cheap money, but the real generators are just totally... Um, screwed and then we start and then the economy starts shrinking and there's nothing they can do just printing more money will will exacerbate the the problems and um and just ruin the economy and i think you know it will come a point in time too if bitcoin keeps extracting you know all this um this this wealth this 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 wealth this savings and the, and the rest of the economy that has to go support these bitcoiners or or you know crypto in general uh, because when they're when when you are engaged in a non-productive activity like crypto, um, you are attracting capital, right? Because of the price appreciation. So so the, all these VCs are coming in. Even energy companies now are saying, "Hey, it's too it's too hard to actually go uh, uh, generate or, or go 
dig up oil and gas. Like, let's just go mine Bitcoin. It's a lot easier and, and, and more profitable. So even oil, even oil companies are sort of throwing in the towel with, with generating like um, traditional oil and gas and they're flocking to Bitcoin. Now that's a misallocation of resources, in my opinion, uh, a double whammy, because now you've lost a real generator of like, of energy that we need. And now they're going to Bitcoin and, 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 and now they have to be supported too, because everyone in crypto has to be supported by the real economy because what, what do I mean by supported? The VC money that's coming in, like all this money that they're raising. This is a misallocation of resources. This is savings or pretend, pretend like savings, but they're real, but they are, but they are using real savings because these people have to eat. These people need houses. These, these crypto people want good, you know, vacation homes. They want cars. They want all of this stuff. Um, and right now they're, they have a huge like wealth transfer, but they're not wealth generators. Uh, so you should think of them. I don't want to call them parasites. I don't think they're doing this on purpose. I think that it's just a function of the bubble. And the bubble is the root cause of the bubble is the Fed and the money printer and the expansion of the money supply. Uh, now, I think that Tether, you know, they've, they've created their own version of the money printer, like the Fed, in their own crypto ecosystem. Uh, now, to the extent that uh, a Tether or a USDC doesn't actually, um, well, to the extent that they make claims like that they lie, uh, that's fraud. Uh, so if they are lying about their their backing and, and, and making misstatements, that's a form of fraud. Uh, but the bubble itself, the bubble that creates this phenomena, this mania of people flocking into Bitcoin or crypto, I don't think you can blame anyone in the crypto space for this activity and even for the for the attraction of them to the industry. You need to blame the person or the, the, the group of people who are responsible, and that's the Federal Reserve and, um, and their policies, the government policies of inflating uh, this cheap money. And, and, uh, and to, it, to the extent that, that, that like a stablecoin actor is pretending like this thing is, is um, backed by real dollars, uh, and if they, are, if they are caught in a lie, uh, you could also blame them. Uh, but if they're not lying, then, um, then you have then you have to assume that this dollar is actually flowing from the Fed or flowing from the real economy uh, into this into this industry. And again, there's a legitimate argument and reason why it would do that. It do, would do so. It's doing so because it's being attracted here from the bubble like mania. Uh, but this bubble mania is unsustainable again because it eventually will drain off all of the real savings and real wealth that that's supporting um, everyone in crypto because everyone in crypto, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're flocking here from, from, from industries, like from, um, well, a lot of them are flocking from say Google or, you know, Silicon Valley type, uh, you know, there's a story, there's this huge story about how a lot of fang people are, are moving to crypto and, um, you know, but they're, they're coming from everywhere. These are smart people in crypto. These are um, computer scientists. These are, cryptographers. These are um, brilliant, brilliant uh, minds in finance, engineering, uh, you name it, um, lawyering, I don't know, uh, game theory, uh, whatever, what, you know, I don't know, whatever they're into. Uh, there's a lot of brilliant people being attracted here. And if they're in crypto, they're not somewhere else. And if they're in a, in a sector that, that really isn't, um, you know, producing wealth or generating wealth uh, or, or a productive activity, they're, they're eventually going to, these, these sectors will eventually uh, end and, and um, the mania will be 
be pricked. I mean, it'll, it'll eventually uh, come down. Now, here's the thing. If, if Bitcoin and crypto can prove their worth, can prove that they are, um, can prove that they actually do create wealth, they do generate wealth. Uh, and I, you know, what is wealth? Well, um, I would say it's goods and services that we need, uh, that people want to buy, uh, that make our life better, that improve our life, like a, you know, like a home or agriculture or product, you know, like Walmart, uh, things that Walmart makes or, or whatever, whatever thing that you want to buy. Um, what is big, what is the crypto industry giving us? Um, well, they're giving us gambling tokens. They're giving us a casino. They're giving people maybe a get, get rich quick type thing. And, and the Bitcoiners think that they're giving us sound money. But I think they they haven't yet proved their this this claim. They they haven't yet proved that Bitcoin can be um, sound money because it's highly highly volatile. Uh, so I, I just don't think they've proved it yet. But if they can, maybe they can. Uh, then maybe then people will say, okay, this is sustainable. And I think that if it if they do create wealth or generate wealth, it, it it'll last. But if they don't, if they just require more and more cheap money uh, to sustain themselves. Uh, a lot of these, like other cryptos, you know, are Ponzi-like, uh, and I don't really like to use that word, but they're um, they're not sustainable. Uh, they they don't produce they don't, they don't produce real wealth. They just um, they just transfer wealth around, and they're just like little games. And maybe there's value in having these little games um, as long I think as long as no one's lying about what they are, uh, maybe that's fine. But it's definitely um, probably going to be a lot smaller. Um, than what it is now. At least it, it probably won't be attracting this much, you know, savings, this much investment, uh, because again, they're not really producing anything like productive, like pro the profits aren't sustainable. So then eventually if the profits aren't sustainable, all this VC money will just flock back out.